We are broadcasting from the land of the Gadigal people of the Eora Nation and we pay respects to our Indigenous listeners and their elders past and present. My name is David Capra. My name is Abdul Abdullah and we're joined in the studio today by Hannah Galvin who's working the desk. Thank you so much for coming in. We appreciate it a lot. That's okay. <laughs> <laughs> and also in the studio, we've got some terrific guests coming in today. Sydney's, Sydney's own Belvoir Theatre Company uh, is presenting a production called The Rover, no relation to the 2014 Guy Pearce Robert Patterson film, I assume, but we'll find out and we'll be chatting to Belvoir debutante Megan Wilding. Uh, the Australian Theatre for Young People's Jenny Medway and Nat Rose will join us in the studio with some of the actors from their most recent production, The Dignity of Risk. And finally... Giselle Stansborough will join us on the phone with her semi-regular segment, Famous... On the Internet. Famous on the Internet. And Nat, Nat's playing footy. Yeah! Where's Nat? Nat Randall, uh, who usually is in here with us, is she is working with RecLink, um, and they have a fantastic... Uh, you know a little bit about it, Hannah. They, I do, have, a, yeah. they have a fantastic uh, fundraiser. Yeah. And um, it is... They, it, they are basically running... Uh, they're getting some money for um, people in the mental health and the disability sector and people experiencing homelessness and domestic violence and um, and so Nat is in this game where there's, it's a challenge between art sector and community radio so go yeah, Nat It's what? an Aussie rules game so An Aussie rules game Yeah, if you want to head along Not that I know what that means <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Just a football game between, I guess um, music industry personnel and musicians in Sydney. Mm. So they're going against each other in a game of Aussie rules at Henderson Park and kickoff is at two o'clock I think but gates open at twelve. So if you want to head along it's five dollars on the on the gate. Not on the door, on the gate. <laughs> and there's an after party I think at Big Park Big yeah, yeah, Park. I think so, yeah. Yeah, she's really fun. Oh, that really sounds nice like, oh, I'd like to go check that out. Yeah, you should go after the show. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, before, well, before we get our guests in and before we play mm -hmm. some music, Dave, what have you been up to this week? I have not been doing much. I um, I went to the David Griggs show opening at Campbelltown Arts Centre. It's pretty, pretty jaw-dropping, pretty pattern on pattern, and it's pretty amazing. i got to check that out. You've been everywhere, though. Oh, I've been on a bit of a tour. I, yeah. I've, I've been, uh, first I went to Indonesia. We've missed you. Oh, yeah. I've been away Indonesia. for such a long time. And I got to hang out with Voice of Bachiprot, which is an all-girl, teenage, hijabi-wearing, heavy metal band. You showed me a clip. They are incredible. They are nuts. It's insane. Amazing. And they thrash. They're so good on their instruments, and they're, they're really uh, killing it. They're from a really rural part of Indonesia, and they had quite a bit of strife, especially when they first started from the communities that they came from because right. of, uh, I guess, they're very conservative communities, and, and they're playing, like, Slipknot and System of a Down, <laughs> but they're, they're starting to get some success, and oh, they were inspiring to hang out with. Wow. And you photographed them? Did a photo series, but hopefully we'll um, return to where they're from in West Java to produce some more work with them and oh, on a grander wow. scale. But then I went to Malaysia to produce some photos, went back to Perth for a while, and then I've just been in Singapore to, to talk to some people there, talk to some curators. And it's curators? Been, and some, talk to some curators. And uh, it's, been, <laughs> it's been an amazing trip. It's been an amazing couple of weeks. 
Amazing. And who is curating our tracks? Oh, one more funny one more thing, thing Sorry, I did a wedding series in Malaysia, a new photo yeah. series of wedding series, and they, they, we had a 12-man crew, or thereabouts, and the crew were taking photos while we, while I was making my own photos with, with David Collins, my photographer. And, um, and the... I, when they were taking their photos, I didn't think much of it. But the behind-the-scenes photos they took of my series went viral in, in, in Malaysia. There was something like 40,000 shares. Are and you joking? Then local, the, some of the actors that are hired to be in the photos were, hi, were interviewed by local television to explain the controversy. And I don't think the works are very controversial, but they were a bit confusing if you didn't have context. So it kind of went a little bit like wildfire. <laughs> That's amazing. Were you, my control. Were you on the morning... morning morning show there over in the on oh, the TV? No, I wasn't. This all happened while I was on the plane leaving. Is that right? So when I landed in Perth and I had this awful fever, so I was sick anyway and then I was just watching on my phone as the thing sort of went out of control. Um, but all in good, all for good things, I hope. Yeah, that is incredible. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's amazing. And, and Laura Hunt's been curating our tracks recently or she's been curating the curators of our tracks and we're going to hear her now speak to who's curating the tracks this week, and it's Anna John. So here's a little bit of a package from Laura Hunt. Thank you, Laura. Can you tell me a little bit about your influences as a musician? I think I'm really interested in certain kinds of, like, production and sound and, like, the quality of sound over even particularly, like, the kind of music I'm listening to so I really like tape sound and warm sound and and stuff that sounds a bit demented because of the way that it's been produced um that's what really interests me and how did music begin for you um I just socially actually like I mean I've always really been interested in music and I've played music since I was little but as a thing in my like adult life I didn't really pick it up until I was in my early 20s um, and yeah it just came through hanging out with my best friend Emma and uh, then new friend Jonathan and those two people are now in Holly Balm and we're a band together and have been for 10 years or 11 years so How many projects have you been part of? Maybe like, I would say two or three that have been significant. So Holly Balm, Raw Prawn and Knitted Abyss with Lucy. Um, Raw Prawn, Prawn just sort of phased out, uh, unfortunately, but maybe that's something we could pick up again in some way, shape or form. And yeah, Knitted Abyss similarly has been going for a really long time. In fact, we've had these periods where we've been really active and then just put it down. Um, but yeah, we seem to be having a bit of a spike in activity at the moment. You're an artist and a musician. I'm wondering how the two influence each other and whether they're connected. I think that I look for really different things in art and music, um, although I could say that lately I think my practice has become a lot more collaborative and I think that that like being comfortable with that has come out of my practice as a musician and that always being collaborative because music's something I never do on my own and art's something I've always done on my own and that's how I sort of, not consciously, but that's how they're sort of separate from each other. 
people say this stuff like oh musician artist your practice must be like kind of the same thing or like how are they integrated and I've never really thought about it like that I think it's quite different but maybe through like the mode of collaboration I'm sort of starting to they're starting to combine a little bit more because of like the way that I'm doing it rather than what I'm doing do you know what I mean?
are listening to Canvas Art and Ideas on FBR Radio with Abzi and the Cap. And in the studio today, we have Megan uh, Wilding. Megan is a Gamilaroi woman, an award-winning playwright, and features in the Belvoir Theatre Company's The Rover. Welcome to the studio, and thanks for speaking to us. Hey, thanks for having me. Now, you studied, uh, Megan, you studied at WAPA. For those who haven't been through drama school, what was that like? Uh, it was a roller coaster and a half. <laughs> um, it was crazy. Three years kind of locked up in a little bubble over in Perth. Um, it was great. It was great if you like that. So you, you moved to go, you moved to um, Perth for Whopper? Yeah, I grew up in Sydney and uh, went over to Perth uh, for four years to study. I originally did the Cert Four in Aboriginal Theatre there and then progressed into the BA for acting um, for three years. And it was great, kind of going in depth into acting, but it was also crazy, like living, breathing, acting 24-7 with 18 other people. I studied in Perth too, and I found out that to make a living, I kind of had to leave. Mm. Um, did you stick around in Perth at all after Whopper, or did you, did you come back to Sydney? Um, I came, we, we travelled with a showcase. We went to Melbourne and then to Sydney. And then, uh, luck- luckily, uh, eight of us had gigs at Black Swan Theatre Company straight uh, away, so we got to go back and then moved to Sydney, all cashed up, so that was nice. <laughs> yeah. So I went back, and then I came back. And Megan, I think you are a brilliant comic actor. Uh, um, what What do you find funny? Oh, no. Um, I'm a sucker for YouTube, um, <laughs> and I fall down the hole. Um, yes. I, oh no, this is going to sound so bad. I love those like kid falling videos. <laughs> or, like old people boing, falling. Boing, boing. Yeah, literally. <laughs> I'm like, that's comedy. That's hilarious. <laughs> when people are like, no, that's kind of sick, Megan. Don't laugh at kids falling down. But it's funny. Did, like, you, did you grow up with Australia's Funniest Home Videos? Oh, yeah. yeah. I wanted to be the sound person that yeah. was like, oh, Greg, um, let me just go over this way. <laughs> and then fall. Oh, my goodness. Like, that's that's what I wanted to be when I grew up. And then it got cancelled. So yeah. I'm doing this. Uh, yes. <laughs> plan yeah. B's. You know? Yeah, plan B, plan B. My favourite was the theme song. I, I can actually sing it word from word, but I won't <gasps> be doing it on air. I was um, like, is this, is this yeah, a segue no, into you no, singing? No, 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 let's stop here. Um, <laughs> oh, <dear. laughs> and So you're currently in the Rover at mm-hmm. Belvoir. What's the play about? Oh, goodness. Um, it's a restoration comedy by Afra Ben, who's the first recognised playwright, uh, female playwright, Playwright Megan, um, female playwright, and she got paid for it. And it's about this bunch of guys who turn up in uh, Italy and just want to have a party. And all the women are like, "Hey, we want to party too." So it's a real battle of the sexes, which is just great. It's a romp. It's a, it's everything you want it to be. You know, there's alcohol, there's sex, there's all of it. There's free condoms. So wait, is it? Yeah, for sure. I hand out free condoms. So, safe sex, you know what I'm saying? Safe sex. And it's the last performance tonight? So, if yeah. you want to catch it, they've got yeah. to see it tonight. Tonight. Tonight, yeah. Or you can line up out the front because it's sold out. Oh. <laughs> I've read it's also your Belvoir debut. How does Belvoir fit in the grand scheme of like theatre in Australia? Oh, I think they're just making such wonderful work for audiences to see. Like, they're bringing old and they're, they're promoting new works. And I just think they're just so exciting and they've always got this really predominant heartbeat in every work that they produce there. 
which is just wonderful. Mm-hmm. And it's it's diverse. It's it's wonderful. You never know what you're going to see there. So I think it's really exciting. So more. <laughs> I, I think it's safe to say that you just about stole the show uh. at the Rover. Um, your character, the character is it's quite brilliant. It, it, <laughs> she seems to float through all the action and everyone meets her on her own terms. Can you talk about the two characters you play? Uh, yeah, I play uh, Moretta and Lucetta. Um, nice. Very confusing uh, names. <laughs> um, Moretta is the kind of handmaid to Angelica Bianca, who's this um, like beautiful courtesan-esque woman. Uh, and Lucetta is... A uh, sneaky, sneaky bitch um, <laughs> who kind of wants to get her own way. She kind of dupes uh, one of the cavaliers and steals his stuff. And Moretta's just like, she gets it done. She gets the stuff done. So mm. both of them are quite, quite sassy gals and I love them. But they're different, like. But they're the same, but they're different. Oh, I'm still struggling with the two characters. Well, there we go. That's Moretta Lucetta, everybody. (laughs) (laughs) It's enjoyable, the more contemporary uh, personalities alongside the more traditional modes of storytelling. But in the play, you're dressed in leopard print, you're wearing Adidas slip-ons and a huge sun visor. What inspired this character? Do you know someone like that? Um, I... The, immediately when I picked up the script, I was like, Moretta, Moretta is a piece of work. And I just imagined her on her, like, Saturdays off, kind of going to the pokies, sitting in the smoker's <laughs> room there. Mm. And I was like, who sits in there? Leopard print, visor-wearing, Adidas slides. <laughs> yeah, smokes a lot. That's her. And she's kind of like a cross between her and the, oh, my goodness, the Grandma Yetta from from the, the nanny. Yes, so yes. So that's yeah. what really inspired her because <laughs> I love, I love them. Oh, I just want to be them. That's that's where my, my career is heading. So <laughs> yeah. fingers crossed. Oh, well, it was mesmerising. And I think a con- congratulations is in order because you were just announced earlier this year as the recipient of the Belnav's uh, Foundation Indigenous Playwrights Award, which helps to fund new plays. So you've got 15000 for commission to write a new play and then 10000 cash. Mm-hmm. Um, what's the play that you're that you're developing? Um, so it's about this woman who was uh, molested as a child and runs into the man that did it and uh, seduces him and kidnaps him and makes him confess what he did and gives him the ultimatum of either killing himself or revealing the truth to everyone. And you currently facilitate the Women of Colour Writers Group at Belvoir mm-hmm. um, and you meet months, once a month. What what does that look like? Do you go through all your material and uh, together? And Yeah, it's, yeah. it's, very, it's a very open room. It's, mm. If you've got work, you've got work. If you don't, you can just come in and sit in the room. Mm. It's very much a, a sisterhood of support, mm. um, which is what I kind of wanted to do with it, is to have this group of women that can can talk to each other and, and lift each other up and and not kind of have the the race issue be part of that talk. Mm. It's just instantly we all get each other, um, which is really important, I think, for um, female coloured playwrights mm. or creators to have. Um, yeah, it's it's wonderful. And when we do share our work, it's 
it's a beautiful, empowering moment because we're either laughing our heads off or we're crying with each other. But there's just this sense of love there that I wish was in every room that Mm. we walked into and respect instantly, which I think female coloured playwrights need and deserve. Mm, mm. Yeah. Candy Bowers, who um, who is, speaks a lot about this, about diversity on, mm. on stage, she's, she's behind um, Brown Honey Productions. Um, what changes would you, would you like to see in the industry? Um, I just want more of us there. Mm, mm. I want our voice to be heard and it not to be a fight, you know. I just want to be able to sit back in a room and know that my opinion's going to be heard without me having to aggressively push it to the front. Um, and I wish that for all my female coloured playwrights and creators out there. Beautiful. Well, um, all the best with developing your next play. I can't wait to see it and can't wait to see you next on stage. Enjoy your very last show. What are you going to do um, to celebrate? Oh, I'm going <laughs> to pop some bottles. <laughs> <laughs> well, Emma, you've earned it. It's been a pleasure talking to you. Thank you for coming on in. Oh, thank Thanks you. so much, Megan. We're going to get back to our curated tracks. The next one is called She Devil by Scraps and you're listening to Canvas Art and Ideas on FBI Radio with Abzi and the Cap.
We are joined in the studio by the Australian Theatre for Young People's resident dramaturg Jenny Medway and director Nat Rose. Also, actors, uh, where are we? Um, Holly, Casper and Rihanna. <laughs> Thanks for joining us in the studio today, guys. They're presenting an upcoming production called The Dignity of Risk at ATYP Studio One. Uh, Thanks for coming in. Thanks for having Thanks us. Thanks for having Thank us. You. There's lots of people here. <laughs> <laughs> Early at our time at Canvas, we interviewed a director and writer duo who both have been described as dramaturgs on their publicly available online biographies. Uh, but when I asked them to define what a dramaturg was, because I didn't know, um, they both kind of huffed and told me to read a book. Read a book <laughs> so, yeah, so, wow. so Jenny, as a dramaturg, please, can you help me out? Well, it's certainly not anything that... Um, Everyone defines it differently, so it's certainly you don't have like it's not there's not something you should have known that you didn't know because you didn't read the right book or something. The way I see it is it's the person who is kind of um, responsible for looking at all the different dramatic elements at work and making sure they're working together to serve the story or communicate the the core meaning of the text as clear as possible to an audience. So you're almost like a sub in for the audience at times. Um, the person that asks annoying questions, um, as Nat is nodding now. <laughs> um, but yeah, just that kind of person who sits slightly outside and who's able to go, why are you doing this? What, what does this mean? <laughs> that's not it. <laughs> oh, that's, that's excellent. And, and, and Nat, as a director, this production, The Dignity of Risk, brings together shot fronts, harness ensemble and actors from the Australian Theatre for Young People. What was that process like bringing these two groups together? It's been actually amazing and quite seamless which is surprising because um, it could have been a complete disaster. Um, but so basically the Harness guys, some of them have been together for sort of the last four or five years. Um, and then we did auditions at ATYP in April and found five amazing actors to then come in and join the, the Harness guys from Shopfront. And it's been really seamless and really lovely and everybody's become quite the family and where we may release some seagulls together at the end of the show. <laughs> <laughs> you know, just as like a like a dove thing, but seagull because we're at the wharf. Yeah. Seagulls is yeah. what we have most available to us on the wharf. So. Yeah. Yeah. Sounds beautiful. And so to the performers here, what has your experience been like in, in this production, in the process of this work? Um, it's been really amazing for me coming in um, yeah, and, and really sort of being immersed and, and really, um, feeling comfortable sharing my story along with everyone else uh, who are also sharing their stories. Um, yeah, I mean, like it's, it's, this is definitely something that I've, you know, never thought I would, I would be doing into, to have such like a strong, uh, ensemble. Um, yeah, I've never, I've never been in that position, you know, in, in my acting or anything so far. So yeah, the, the whole experience has been amazing. The way we've, we've devised the, the, the show and then, yeah, the whole process has been really, really great. <laughs> and Rihanna? Yeah, I would totally echo that. Um, it's devising the work. I've never devised a piece like this before in the way that we did. So basically like... Um, all of the content has come out of exercises that we did together, whether they were movement exercises or written pieces. Um, and, you know, to get that content, you had to reflect a lot on your life. Um, and I wasn't expecting to have to do that in to that um, level, I think, um, or in that depth. But um, the group has been so supportive mm -hmm. and lovely. Um, and it was really easy. 
Um, like, I think when you think about doing that, you're like, whoa, it's too deep. But um, but no, it was very easy to share. Um, and as we were doing it, we found so many things in common. So it's been amazing. Oh, that's great. How about you, Holly? Yeah, I just sort of, yeah, have to, you know, stuff that, again, that Rihanna and Casper said. Um, <laughs> yeah, but it's been, it's been a really great experience. It's been my first experience of um, performing in an ensemble and uh, devising a work as well. And, um, I mean, it's, we've just uh, formed such great bonds with each other. It's such a strong ensemble. Um, we've all got each other's backs and everything like that. So it's been a really, really great um, sharing and devising experience. Um, yeah, so it's been, it's been really great. So you guys are the actors in the production. Um, I've kind of got a bit ahead of myself here, but maybe I should direct this one to Nat. Who is shot front? <laughs> and, and what was the, what was their role? We shopfront, yes. Uh, so shopfront is a arts co-op, um, which is down in South Sydney in Carlton, and we um, have workshops and ensembles for ages eight right up until thirty. It's meant to be twenty six, but we're you know a bit lax on the, the <laughs> final ages. <laughs> um, so it's work, yeah, for for young people who just want to come and do film or drama workshops but then also up right up until emerging artists that we can support to create their own work and devise their own work and things like that um and we also do work in schools around south sydney as well so like outreach programs or programs with um newly immigrated children yeah yeah that's and what we are with those ages so that what was that age again eight, eight to, to thirty eight to thirty is that similar for the australian theater for young people is that the the age group yeah, so we kind of go a little bit younger. So I think the youngest is probably around four. Wow. Um, and uh, going up to 26 generally. But we work with artists of all ages because we're either working with artists who are 26 and under or we're working with artists who want to make work for young performers or young audiences of that, of kind of any, of that age. So in that way, we work with professional artists quite a lot as well to develop um, material for young people to perform. Oh. And like once upon a time, I worked as a sound tech for a tiny youth theatre company in Perth where I'd sit at the back of the theatre and just fade in and out bits of the Lord of the Rings soundtrack. Yes. <laughs> 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 it was a lot of fun. <laughs> ATYP certainly sounds like an entirely different experience. So how can like young people listening, how can they get involved? Well, first of all, um, Facebook um, our website that has lots of information about all the courses we have so I think that would be the first place to look we have a number of workshop programs which are really great for young people um, who haven't had any experience of drama before so there are holiday workshops so there are semester ensembles and we also do regular auditions for our kind of production series so I think the best way would probably be to get on touch via any other social media or Facebook um, or visit the website and um, what would you say for Shopfront? Now? I would say the same, especially if you don't live or don't have access to sort of going to ATYP into the city and you live in the south of Sydney, then I would also say going online and taking a look. Yeah. They're both very similar companies. They're just in two different places in Sydney. Yeah. <laughs> and, and to the actors, say, Holly, what, how did you get involved with a ATYP and how have you found that experience? Like, not just this production, but overall. Um. So I, uh, so I got involved initially with um, the ensemble at Shopfront um, at the end of last year. Uh, so that's how I got involved because this project is um, collaborating with ATYP. Um, so that's how I 
got involved with them, basically. Yeah. And Rihanna and Casper, have you guys been working with these organisations for very long? I haven't. Um, I I came into this project through ATYP. So basically I saw um, the ad for the audition on the ATYP website and I was like, oh, my God, I have to. So um, <laughs> I, yeah, just um, was able to secure a spot. Then I came and did the first audition um, and thought that it went terribly and then um, they contacted me and they're like yeah do you want to come back for another and I was like oh my god yes please um, and then I came back and did another and also thought that went terribly so terribly that um, when I got the final email to let me know whether or not I'd actually made it in I was just in Uniqlo in a change room and I was like I'm just going to open it now because I know it's going to be bad and then it was like congratulations you're successful and I was like ah like screaming <laughs> in Uniqlo yeah um, and so yeah uh, that's how that's how it came to be <laughs> What about you, Casper? Um, yeah, I've been involved with ATYP for a while um, in different capacities. So I, I um, assistant tutor the workshops and the holidays, yeah, yeah. Um, especially with like the little kids, um, devising a show for them so their parents can come watch at oh, the end of the week, which is good. Yeah, I love, I love it. Um, but for me and my role in it, I've I started doing sort of uh, master class. Uh, yeah, master classes and stuff, and uh, I did all these uh, courses there um, to try and develop my acting, um, which really like helped me in my yeah in my own like sort of honing in on my acting and and and, and improving and and everything. But um, I never really yeah I never I auditioned maybe for one or two shows, but at ATYP, but I never really um, found myself actually like going going to you know auditioning there regularly but then uh yeah this 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 brief came in and um for the dignity of risk and uh yeah i really loved the concept of it and i loved like the little synopsis that i got and then uh yeah rocked up um and yeah i mean like the it it was very it was very much a really pleasurable experience just uh not i don't it was it was a very very good process for auditioning and then yeah, getting getting uh, okay to get into the cast was yeah was phenomenal. I was really really stoked. It was good. Awesome. And ATYP has you've got some pretty uh, successful alumni. Can you guys tell us a little bit about anyone who's like gone on to television or th- like other theatre? Well, our um, um, our ambassadors <laughs> are um, Rose Byrne and Rebel Wilson, so <laughs> they're pretty. Oh, we think they're pretty special, yeah. and they um. Every year they have a scholarship. Um, Roseburn gives a scholarship for emerging female leaders in the arts and Rebel Wilson gives a scholarship for an emerging theatre maker. So they're both really involved and really passionate. Um, but, yeah, there's a kind of... There's a whole host of, like, a really successful alumni in various fields, which I think is really nice. So not always people who have gone on to be um, performers, but people who have been able to use those skills wherever they are in kind of business or... Um, you know, a variety of industry. And on another issue, I, I just wanted to um, talk a little bit about language and I guess the, the general approach to, uh, to, you, to discuss and promote projects involving practitioners that identify with having a disability. And I think I've spoken a little about this to Margot Politus, the choreographer of your work. And do you think across the board this is something that, that needs attention or work? I mean, do you even think like about the notion of a, this focus on ability in the sector can even be counterproductive. Or what are you? What are your thoughts around how projects are dis- talked about that involve the disability arts sector in general? Yeah. Do you have any thoughts, Rihanna? 
Um, I think that uh, from what I've seen in the past, um, when actors with disabilities um, are getting involved in projects with um, actors who don't identify as having a disability, Mm -hmm. there can be a tendency to see it as, like, a a bit tokenistic or, Mm -hmm. like, you know, it's it's all about inclusion or whatever. Like, you know, uh, actors with disabilities... um, like it, it sh- it's not a normal thing that um, someone who identifies with a disability would be involved in a production with people who don't have, have disabilities and that their presence there is, yeah, like like a tokenistic kind of thing. Um, and um, I think that that's definitely something that needs to change, the, the language around that, because, um, you know, like one in five Aussies identifies as having a disability. So, you know, there's heaps of people out there and... Um, when you, you you shouldn't have to feel like um, if you have a disability that um, if you want to get involved in works with people who don't have disabilities that that's something unusual or unexpected and that you should be grateful to be included in that space. Mm. Um, so yeah, that's that's my feeling around that, and I haven't had that feeling at all on this production. You know, there hasn't been um, I haven't I haven't gotten that vibe, and I don't think that's the way that the creative team. Mm. Um, was seeing it when they um, brought this into fruition. Like, it was just about getting a diverse range of people mm, from sure. different walks of life um, that could bring more richness to the production. Holly? Yeah, I, I totally agree with everything Rihanna said. Like, um, yeah, I think there needs to be a shift. That It seems to me um, that there's a bit of a widespread notion that if people with disability want to be involved in the arts... Um, it's it's like a form of therapy for them mm-hmm. and it's just a hobby and, you know, it's not it's not a career for them. Mm-hmm. It's not something that they can seriously choose as a career and be involved in. Um, so I think that that's something that really, really needs to change and that um, more sort of um, awareness needs to be spread throughout the art sector about that so that there's more opportunities for artists with disability to participate in projects, in any project, um, not having to feel like, oh, okay, I can choose to be in this project because it specifically says for people with and without disability, mm-hmm. you know, to feel like, oh, okay, there's an audition here that I really like the sound of that show or whatever, you know, I'm going to go audition for that and not, as Rihanna said, not have to feel like, grateful if they're if you know you're accepted um not having to feel like oh wow they've made a huge concession for me or anything like that Mm. but just to feel like anyone else that yay I got the part and Mm. I'm happy to be a part of this process and Mm. yeah I agree with Rihanna that's totally not what (laughs) what has happened in this process at all it's completely the opposite but um I think generally throughout the art sector it's that goes on probably a lot Mm. yeah Mm. Thank you so much for coming in, guys. We're going to get back to our curated tracks. It's been a real pleasure talking to you. The um, Dignity of Risk is on at, from the 9th of August to the 26th of August, and I recommend everyone go check it out. Go to the ATYP website, atyp.com.au, and you'll be able to see the link to Dignity of Risk. We're going to get back to our curated tracks. Uh, it is Lucy Clichés, Passing Time. You're listening to Canvas, Art and Ideas on FBI Radio. Thank you so much, guys. Thank you. Thank you. Bye.
FBI 94.5. FBI Radio 94.5 and everywhere around the world on digital. Uh, this is Canvas Art and Ideas. And on the phone, we have Giselle Stansborough for her segment, 
internets.com, famous on the internet. Famous on the internet. So you're coming live, Giselle, from the Sutherland Highlands. What are you doing over there? Hello. Well, I'm visiting my family. Oh, um, that's pretty nice. Dog, What's your dog's name? Roxy. Roxy. Poppy, yeah. Poppy. Poppy. Cat, a shelter cat called Roxy. Beautiful. Yeah. And you've been yeah, watching yeah, some yeah. televisions. This is true. So today is not about the internet. And, no. Um, what? Quite appropriate from the from the country, from the Illawarra region. Um, we'll be talking about the telly today. So we'll be having a little bachelor batch recap. Batch recap. Um, yeah, yeah. It's a, it's a really interesting time for the bachelor brand. It's uh, mm. Been through a rough patch in America with the uh, sort of, I'm not sure if you've heard about this, the allegations of sexual assault that were occurring on the set of the spin off show Bachelor in Paradise between no, no. Um, two previous season's contestants, one, um, Corinne and DeMario, um, that there was people were too intoxicated to consent and Warner Brothers had to have an investigation. In the end, it was cleared. Um, of any wrongdoing, but it certainly drew a lot of attention to the kinds of ethical issues that are raised by the you know, commonplace practices of reality TV, where you know people get very intoxicated in order to do yes. dramatic things. Yes, so the and producers also, love to pour the bubbly. Is that right? I've heard that. <laughs> yeah. 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 Oh, for sure. For sure. And I think. Um, you know, it's it's interesting particularly to see this season in the Australian one how much reference there is to that. In fact, in the most recent episode, Jen, the villain, um, uh, somebody asked how she was and she pointed to a glass and said, empty. So <laughs> it's sort of, you know, becoming more integrated into the dialogue, the way that alcohol is sort of inherent to the action that occurs in The Bachelor. Yeah. Yeah, I think uh, there was also a bit of... Uh, we, we've met all the contestants, who are now in episode four. Um, I was particularly interested in a character, Nat, that was introduced, Nat from Adelaide. Nat from Adelaide. Who, yeah, Nat from Adelaide, who um, <laughs> said that she had been in a long-term relationship with a woman last year, which I think is interesting because of the sort of compulsive heterosexuality of The Bachelor. And, of course, last season we had the love uh, blossoming between the previous contestants Megan and Tiffany and this was very well supported by the audience that they were from um, Richie's season and had then fallen in love after the show and so I thought oh um, yeah perhaps there will be uh, more clear representation in the show and how is this going to work out Mm. but then the sort of narrative came out that it was actually Maddie Day the Bachelor sort of returning her to the fold of of heterosexuality that he had somehow taken off his shirt and turned her, which is, of course, um, you know, a very kind of uh, problematic narrative that we saw yes. emerging. Yes, um, and that was, I think was quite disappointing for a lot of viewers. But you know, part of the I think appeal of the Bachelor is the kind of self-loathing and. Um, cringe factor that you get from watching it and questioning why you're watching it. It's part of the sort of stimulating process that, you know, the, the things we love to hate is part, all part and parcel. Yeah, and so I think was, yeah. And Giselle, was I right in seeing that Sophie Monk is going to be doing a... Oh, you are Can correct. you tell, tell you us about correct. that? 
She was from Bardot. Yeah, yeah, through Yes. I think it's going to be really interesting to see the way her personal brand sort of um, is uh, going to be manifest through uh, the bachelor kind of branding. Because we often see a kind of um, watering down of the characters of the bachelor compared to their previous seasons, say, in The Bachelorette, where they're one of an ensemble cast and they sort of have kind of, you know, cute little idiosyncrasies or whatever, and then they sort of have to be sort of squeezed and morphed into this, you know, very sort of banal um, male lead of The Bachelor with these sorts of sort of formulaic repetitive dates. So it will be really interesting to see how she stays true to... Uh, the Sophie Monk brand mm. while still maintaining the kind of uh, formula of The Bachelorette. I think that's going to be really interesting for a lot of viewers. I also just love her voice. Yes. She's like this incredible bombshell that just sort of has this really husky, broad Australian accent. And I just sort of love that, you know, <laughs> that kind of tension there. I think she's going to be, I think she's going to be really watchable. There was a bit of trouble last season with Georgia Love's Bachelorette, didn't rate as highly as Charlton had hopes, but let's see that, uh, you know, what impact Sophie Monk is going to have on those ratings. I think it's going to be huge. Now, I haven't kept kept up with this year's Bachelor or Bachelorette, but usually I've noticed that the, the cast is... Is, is, he's got the, the the racial diversity of something like Home and Away, so it's it's a pretty beige across the board. Uh, have they addressed yeah. that at all in this most recent season? It's um it's like Home and Away in that it's very Anglo. Yes, yes. Yeah, 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 yes. Uh, look, no, I would say no. There is uh, one sort of you know there is one person with a little bit of melanin coming in there. I think that the Bachelor is interesting in how um, intersectional this compulsive heterosexuality is. It is a very white, middle-class sort of way of being. I would be really interested to see what would happen if um, there was a little bit more diversity because I think that would create not only um, more uh, interest on part of the audience because this show has been going for 20 years now in terms of uh, sort of its initiation in the States. And with the last season, Rachel's last season, which was the first black bachelorette in America, there was a lot of problems. There was a sort of a racist person that actually um, was cast and then it sort of came out when he made some tweets about the KKK. There were racist comments by her co-bachelorettes from the last season. So I think that um, it will be an interesting sort of way that our kind of hideous side can be sort of shown in this very, very saccharine sort of rom-com situation. And Giselle, finally, um, how's your pal Athena X from Sydney's Real Housewives going? Oh, look, she's good. She was in Greece for a while. Oh. And then, yeah, she went to Greece and then I went to China. So we sort of haven't had a solid... um, catch up or, or in a while just because I think we've both sort of had a lot going on uh, on our plates there hasn't been the announcements for who is going to be the next um, Real Housewives so I think there is a bit of tension there especially with her and Lisa 
um, because they, it, it does still need to be confirmed whether we're going to see them again in the next season. I know that she's working on uh, a particular design project, which I think is going to be really interesting. Right. She certainly sort of came to the fore as the most interesting dresser on the show and sort of had a lot of rationale around her choices that we weren't sort of privy to in regards to the other women about the relationship between her sort of performing self and the clothes. So I think that, you know, these sorts of things are going to be interesting to sort of watch them bubble over and develop and we'll just have to see if she's back next season. Mm, I look forward to that. Well, thank you, Giselle. It's always, always a pleasure. Get some sun and we'll see you back in Sydney sometime soon. Very nice. Thanking, Thanking you. you. Thanking you. Bye. Bye. See you later. Our next song we have Severed Heads by Lamborghini.
You're listening to Canvas Art and Ideas with Abzi and the Cap on FBI Radio 94.5 and around the world on digital. And on the phone, we have our wonderful co-host, Nat Randall, and also she's there with Narita. Hey, guys, how you doing? Hey. Where are you guys? <laughs> what are you doing? Oh, the Sydney Sailors, and you're fine. You're, you're playing. It's a competition between the music media and the music industry. Who's the captain of your team? Oh, who's the captain? I feel like we have a lot of captains. Who is kind of like coach captain, but then there's been a lot of people involved. It's really good because there's a varying level of skills in the team. So really, anyone with more skills than me is my captain. And what about the musos? Who's who? expecting to see on these western whalers the enemies the bad guys oh mate like all of the sydney muso scene yes there's like everyone from like aussie hip-hop artists and electronic artists oh wow we're getting tackled now by some of the whalers (laughs) um yeah but it should be a really great game i think it goes through a couple of hours so if you get here a bit before two um yeah it's a really good day you can bring your family and dog friendly so yeah it should be a good day Yeah, <laughs> our footy star Nat. I think I'm going to do that. I know David owns a pair of football shorts. I'm... <laughs> okay. Yeah. All right, dog friendly. Thanks, Nat. Thanks, Nat. Good luck, Chookers. I think. <laughs> yeah, Chookers. Love you, Nat. Love you. Bye. Bye, Merida. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. And Canvas is brought to you by a team of artists, Abdul Abdullah, David Capra, Nat Randall, Aurora Scott. And we also have Eilish Fitzgerald as well that is helping us out. So thanks so much and enjoy our next program, Weekend Lunch with Hannah. Yeah. Thanks, Hannah Galvin. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Bye-bye, everyone. Bye. So there's one more song left. It is New Collision by Software Seduction.
This podcast is produced by FBI Radio in Sydney. Find more at fbiradio.com slash podcasts.